0: Thank you, Steve. That was fantastic to hear about Job Club. It's really exciting, isn't it, what's happening in our area, what's happening across Skipton and Craven, and down as far as Keithley, covering the villages there that we cover, and up into Lancashire, Barnoldswick, and that area that we're covering. We're seeing lots of lives changing, and we're hearing lots of different stories of people. Is this on, by the way? Yeah. Okay, so I look forward to Cap Sunday each year as a point in the year to look back and celebrate um, what God's been doing through the work of the Cap Debt Centre and the Job Club here in Skipton and through our local church. And as I've been reflecting on this year, I've just been thinking about how Cap provides us with a really valuable toolbox. So if you look in this toolbox, we've got... um, Spanners and hammers and useful things, lots of which I might not even know how to use. Um, And that's the kind of thing that CAP is providing for us as a charity. So we're providing the tool of free local help for people in debt. And it's really key that it's free and that it's local. So it's free, as in some people actually pay money and go to debt help organisations and pay to get their way out of debt. And sometimes I meet people who are in this situation where they're paying a lot of money to get their debt sorted, um, which is quite shocking. And when we walk through the door and we say that what we offer is free, people can't believe it, and that it's local. I cover those postcode areas and we go out and we visit people in their homes, as you know. So the CAP toolbox is offering that free professional local help for people, um, free local help through the job club, befrienders from the local church, people who will keep in touch with you as you work your way out of debt. Um, CAP has become a really reliable charity that is nationally known, known for its professional Um, capabilities, and GPs locally are beginning to refer to CAP, um, clients who need help, who are stressed out with debt situations. And that's amazing for me, actually, to be responding to an 0800 phone call that I'm going in to visit somebody in their home, and they say that their local GP was the one who referred them to CAP. And I know that their local GP goes to this church or goes to another church locally. And they don't know that. And obviously that's all confidential and we're not sharing information, but I know who their local GP is and I know that their local GP will be praying for them, just as I'm praying for them. Um, CAP is a really useful way of signposting people to the food bank, the wellbeing cafe, to Alpha, to the new men's sheds that started up, to toddler groups locally, our church services across town, lunch club, the discipleship group of Roots that meets on a Sunday evening, and youth work. These are all really brilliant tools that we can take out into the local community. And we offer prayer on every visit for those who would like it. These are the tools that CAP is offering. And nationally, it's been shown that we're providing help in emergency situations with food, food, We're helping people to come into community, reducing isolation, sorting out complex financial situations. Not everybody comes on benefits, as Joanna's been talking about. Some people are employed, have lost a job, some people have mortgages, some people are renting. They're very complex situations, and CAP has the ability to deal with them. Um, We've been shown across the nation that we're helping to prevent suicides and relieve stress. And all these things are fantastic, aren't they? This toolbox that we're able to use in our local community. But that's not really what I want to talk about today. I think this is amazing, and I use this in my work. But what I'd like to talk to you about today is really this quote from Mother Teresa is where I started thinking about this. We are not social workers. We are contemplatives in the heart of the world. Now, to me, this means that our role, the role of our church, is that we're involved in social action, but we don't do this because we're social workers. There are lots of fantastic social workers. I can see some of them smiling at me in the room, current or retired. Um, And the, the work that they do is amazing in the community. But what's our work? What's our role? We're involved in social action, but we do it... Um, as we're motivated by worship. We're motivated by the fact that we worship Jesus. We've earned respect from statutory bodies around the area. We're called in to work with social workers. But our motivation is the fact that Jesus has loved each one of us, forgiven us, and given us new life. And that's the message that we're bringing Um, From the early days, Kappa's always kept Jesus at the centre of um, the work. So John Kirkby, right from the beginning, said that this was going to be a work where we would offer prayer. Now, that doesn't mean that we walk into a situation and we start praying for people, not at all. In fact, I've probably mentioned to you before, but sometimes, you know, people are told on the initial call when they first phone up that I might offer prayer. And sometimes, we've got to the end of the meeting, time's rushing away, I haven't offered prayer, and um, the person in the room will say, but they said, you were going to offer prayer. You know, please offer prayer. So... (laughs) So yeah, that usually, um, you know, picks me up on that. But people, more often than not, would love to be prayed with in that situation when people are feeling at the most desperate. Um, And it's really good to be able to pray with people. Um, So that's why we've offered prayer on our visits. I'd like to mention the Bishop of Burnley here. I don't know how many of you have heard of The Bishop of Burnley, oh, Phil and Lou, brilliant. So he is um, Philip North, he's working in Burnley, and he's got a real passion for um, the poor and planting communities through the Church of England back onto council estates in the most deprived parts of uh, Lancashire and the north of England. In February 2016, he told the General Synod, that the Anglican clergy must rediscover their passion for deprived neighbourhoods um, on council estates. And he came to speak to us at our National CAP Conference back in September, and I really took away some of the things that he said, some of his passion. He's known to be a radical voice in the UK, speaking up for the poor, and the marginalised, also for ethnic minorities. He recently, I was reading a newspaper article about him recently, he gathered together um, a whole group of imams in the area of Burnley to talk about how they could work with the poor in their community. Um, And So he's building bridges, and he says that the church is not a group of people who are merely there to do works of charity, although we do works of charity, but we're there to bring liberation into people's lives and change lives, empowering people to change. He said that charity without justice is an illusion. And that as people, we're not fully liberated until we have the gospel of Jesus. So I'm really thankful for this guy in Burnley. And that's, you know, affecting us in the north of England and the things that he's saying. And he is worth listening to if you have a look on um, YouTube or something and try to listen to one of his talks. Um, As a charity in CAP, we're reading this book Um, when helping hurts at the moment. And I'm finding this really helpful for the work that I'm doing. Um, I recommend it to you. It's just thinking about... Not providing charity that is keeping people in the same place, but trying to empower people to take a step on. So like Steve's saying with the job club, helping people to consider where um, they could improve their self-esteem or go on a course or try to access something that's a little bit um, further on, taking them out of their situation, um, which is really helpful for us to be thinking about. Jesus told this parable in Luke 15, and I'll just read it to you. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Just that idea of the celebration in heaven over one person who was lost coming um, back to God. And I think about our celebration that we have here when we hear that somebody's gone debt free and we get one of the children in our congregation to blow the duck whistle and to cheer and to celebrate and that happens up at Cap Head Office as well. And if you picture that in heaven, Jesus with his, I don't know, duck whistle or equivalent... (laughs) something, um, jumping up and down with excitement over the one person who's come back to God. And in in CAP, we talk about, you know, doing this whole work for the one, doing it for one, which is the one person that you would do this work for, and having that anticipation, really, as you go into somebody's home, or as Steve sits down with somebody at the job club, thinking, you know, just maybe this could be a person who responds to Um, the freedom of the gospel, the love that Jesus is offering. And our God is a God who chases people down. He doesn't just leave them. Um, He remembers them. He doesn't forget them. And I'd like to tell you a story about um, a little girl who I used to know back in 2014. This isn't her. This is just a child and a trampoline and I've asked her family's permission to share this story. Um, so this is a little girl I used to look after in 2014. Before I worked with CAP, um, I worked for another organization and I went into communities to look after children and spend some time with them so that their parents could have a break and this little girl was visually impaired. Um, I used to look after her while her mum could go and have a shower or have a a rest and we would often bounce on the trampoline in her back garden because there wasn't a lot to do or I would take her for a walk and you know being visually impaired she was quite good at bouncing on the trampoline. We would hold hands and bounce up and down and you know it didn't matter that she couldn't see. She could enjoy it. Um, And we'd often sing nursery rhymes. And sometimes I found myself singing to her that old song, Jesus Loves Me This I Know, um, with her. And I often thought about her family. So when I was visiting her, she would have lots of extended family popping in There was um, Granny Lucy, who we'll come to later on in the story. Aunties and uncles who were all popping into the house and coming and going. It's up in Greatwood. It's very open doors and people will be coming in. Um, Quite a a poor family who was struggling. Um, When I finished working for that organisation, I often prayed for that family, and particularly this child who I'd formed a connection with, and just wondered, you know, what would happen to them, Really? Um, you know, there was no reason for me to have any further connection with them and I didn't come across them in my normal everyday life. Um, As a CAP debt coach, you never know who's going to be on the other end of the phone when you get a call. Um, When we met Joanna and we went and knocked on her door, it was absolutely lovely to meet her. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit scary or sometimes it's not quite the person you think might be on the other end. Um, The first Connection I had with this family again was uh, one of the uncles, so the little girl's uncle, who's Granny Lucy's son, um, phoned us and wanted help with debt, and we worked with their whole family, children and um, his partner, and they came out of debt, and they were invited to our summer barbecue held at Champions Church, and he wanted to bring his mum along. So she came, Granny Lucy, bringing the little child who I'd known in 2014, who remembered me, and they all remembered me as a family. And Granny Lucy felt so welcomed at that barbecue that she went straight home and phoned the 0800 number to ask for help with debt. And so the next person we went to visit was Granny Lucy. Whenever we went to visit her in her home, she would love us to pray with her. She was going through a really difficult time with another one of her sons who was um, just in a very difficult place, and we often prayed with her. Um, After I stopped visiting her and she started working with Cap for debt help, her befriender would often be called upon to go up and pray with her. She was very keen that we prayed. In the last few weeks, um, Granny Lucy has been coming along to the Alpha Course here at church. Um, Her daughter, through the Befriender, has been going to Rock Solid, our youth group, for the last six months or so, and has started going along to Trinity Methodist um, with her friend. And she brings several friends to Rock Solid, actually. Granny Lucy, who was thinking of coming this morning, but's not here, um, describes the Alpha Course as very intriguing, and she likes to ask lots of questions. She's still very interested in praying, and her, her daughter, obviously, is you know, just interested in coming along and being part of a church community, so it, it's an amazing story, and as Phil and I have been talking a little bit about the idea of um, story maps for people, this idea that You know, one person might start with a connection with me or with one of you through the food bank or Wellbeing Cafe or any other way of meeting you. And then other people get involved. They might go to the job club. They might have debt help. They might end up coming on an Alpha course. Um, God doesn't forget people. That's why I've put this verse up about The Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness across the generations. This whole family, the extended family, has come into cap um, in some way. We've been working with various members of the family now. And just knowing that this woman has started coming along to Alpha is an amazing difference really. And it'd be good if you can remember to pray for her. But stories like that have really increased my faith. The idea that I knew that child back in 2014 before I was connected with Cap, and now God has brought them back into my life, um, has increased my faith. And also, just the do you know him thing that we have happening across Skipton that we can refer people if you like to different churches that there are many churches represented on the alpha course it's absolutely fantastic you know it's where we want to be where we want to be going Um, This verse has been really key to me in the last year. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own insight or your own understanding in some versions. That's Proverbs 3, 5. And I'd like to just mention a book. Anyone here read The Shadow Doctor? Brilliant. So this is written by Adrian Plass. I recommend it. Um, This work that we do out in the local community is God's work, it's not our work. And he will nudge us and lead us in the way that he wants us to go. And I think for myself and the befrienders for Steve and the people at the job club, we've really noticed that over the last year or two. Um, In this story, the doctor, the shadow doctor, is given pictures, stories, dreams about people. Um, And then he goes out and meets these people in the local community. It's just a fiction but it really speaks of how God um, speaks to us. And I found it really helpful, and it's helped me to be brave, more brave than I would normally be on appointments with people. When I speak to my befrienders who go with me on visits, they'll often say that they pray before they go to meet a CAP client. They'll try to pray about what that person needs because often we're meeting people who are in a very different um, Situation to us, and it's not always easy to rely on our own insight. But that idea of trusting God for His insight into their situation is really key. Um, I went on a CAP visit recently where. I really felt during the visit that God wanted me to say something to the woman in front of me, and that doesn't often happen. I'd only just met her. Um, It was the first visit. She was really emotional. She'd recently been told that her child was disabled and was becoming gradually more disabled. She'd gone from a position of working full-time and being in a very good job to being on benefits. Um, She described how she felt like a failure as a parent, having to had to borrow money, and was now in this messy financial situation, which is why she'd called us in for help. While I was listening to her, I just felt that God was saying to me, to say to her, that she was a rock for her children. And I felt very emotional about this. Obviously, this lady wasn't a Christian. I didn't know at which point in the conversation to, to say this to her, but... As she described her situation to me, I just felt that that's what God wanted me to say to her. So I said, you're a rock for your children. You've given them everything that you have, and you've ended up with no job and no money, and you're not a failure. And as I said it, this huge rush of emotion came over me. So I ended up with her looking at me, trying to console me while I was sobbing my (laughs) heart. the visit, which is quite an unusual position to be in, but we got through it, and um, yeah, just, you know, at the end, there was a peace as we said goodbye. I'm seeing her again this week, and you know, that doesn't happen to me very often on a visit, but I think having read that book and just thinking, if something, if you feel that God is really saying something for a person, then it's good to act on it. It's good to... Speak the words that you feel, obviously, in an appropriate way, at the right time, um, and just leave those words with the person as we left. So that's what we did. Um, I'd like to just read this passage to you about thankfulness. I was thinking about Eddie Lyle's... um, talk that he did a few weeks ago at our church and how he talked about cultivating a culture of thankfulness, that being really important in our faith. Um, So I'll just read this passage to you. It's from the message version of the Bible. Every time your name comes up in my prayers, I say, oh, thank you, God. I keep hearing of the love and the faith that you have for your master Jesus, which brims over to other Christians. And I keep praying that this faith we hold in common keeps showing up in the good things we do and that people recognize Christ in all of it. Friend, you have no idea how good your love makes me feel, doubly so when I see your hospitality to your fellow believers. So that's Philemon 1 to 7. I don't think I've ever quoted from Philemon before, so there you go. (laughs) Um, yeah. Just having Joanna and Mark and their family up here talking to us, I I feel so encouraged by their story. And one of the reasons why is that they ended up in this difficult situation partly because of their love of wanting to adopt two children into their family, and that love, wanting to adopt those children into their family, is motivated by their love of God and what God has done for them, and. When I hear, when Joanna texts me and says things that are happening or, you know, just amazing little things that have happened from God, I'm so thankful for their, that line there, friend, you've no idea how good your love makes me feel, that's what I feel when I hear from Joanna and Mark. I'm just so thankful for their faith. Um... And that has helped my faith to grow. And in the midst of their difficulties, as Joanna said, they want to offer hospitality to others, which is amazing. And in some versions of this Philemon passage, it says that your hospitality to others is really refreshing. Um, It's refreshing to see that financial difficulty doesn't mean that you can't offer hospitality, love, and care to other people. We have got a lot to be thankful for here in our church and in the church in Skipton. We've got a lot to be thankful for. And I just want to mention a few of those things. I'm really thankful that some of the baptisms recently have been people who we first met through CAP. Um, People whose stories I am so thankful to have the overview of, to see the big picture, to see how we met them three years ago, how they came into church, went on an alpha course, met other people... Um, and how that's com- dramatically changed their life as well as meaning that they're debt-free and they've got a chance to start again um, with work, with a clean slate. I'm really thankful for people in our congregations who are stepping up to mentor other people. These aren't always the loud, outspoken people who are up on the stage, some of them are, but people who are reading the Bible with others, praying with others, who are just really encouraging and discipling other people's faith. Um, As I continue in this role, we're just seeing more and more of that. We're just seeing um, the interconnectedness, the joining up the dots, you know, even the fact that GPs can refer to us and know that we're then going and looking after that person that probably in their doctor's surgery they wish they could spend a bit more time with, but they can't within their role, but we can within our role, which is incredible. Um, so just cultivating that culture of thankfulness in our community. You know, it's never too late. That's why I call this talk the God of Second Chances. Often when I go on a visit, I carry that picture with me in my head of the story of the thief on the cross. That story has a big impact on me because it's never too late. God is the God of Second Chances. He's the new beginning. He's the rescue. He chases people. And that is why we do what we do here in Skipton, because of those amazing second chances that we see for people in our local community. I'm just going to show you some quotes from different CAP clients, from CAP clients who've worked with the Debt Centre and CAP clients who've worked with the Job Club. We're just going to read them on the screen and Sarah's going to play some music while we listen and then I'll pray and we'll um, sing and worship at the end. Okay. Father God, we just thank you so much for this work in our town and in the surrounding areas. We thank you that we can go to visit people all the way up in Buckden, that we can go into Lancashire and visit people in the villages. We thank you that you don't forget people. We thank you that you remember um, those people who've come across our path and that you are constantly chasing them down, that you have a reckless love for people, that you're interested in whole families coming to know you, not just one member, but whole generations coming into your kingdom and experiencing liberation. We thank you so much for the Bishop of Burnley. We thank you for his his desire to put the marginalised and the poor at the centre of his work. We thank you for the way he's speaking out um, to the Church of England as a whole, and asking people to go back into the council estates and try to plant churches there. Thank you for the way that we're working together in Skipton with other churches. Thank you for Do You Know Him and that whole project. Just thank you for the openness and the friendliness of the Wellbeing Cafe. Thank you for those who are volunteering with Alpha, with the Job Club, those who are volunteering at the food bank, just thank you so much for the number of lives that we can um, reach through our social action. But we thank you most of all that this is not just social action. I thank you most of all that we are wanting to talk to people because we know the freedom of living with a loving God who forgives and gives us new life each day. We thank you that this is our message and this is our story. And thank you that we have the ability to share that openly here in our town. I just really thank you for all the people who stood up this morning to say that they have helped with something that has been done through CAP in our local church. And I just pray that this work would bless them, that their faith would grow through the people who they meet and the lives they see changed. I just really thank you for your presence with us this morning.